New York's Democratic governor vetoes a bill to fight the fentanyl crisis. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, I'll also expose the swamp creatures who called the Biden laptop Russian disinformation. Follow the Sarah Carter show wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest-grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences, and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving Serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. We, we aren't directing private social media companies on how to manage their content. These are decisions that they have to make uh, as appropriate. Now, look, we obviously uh, don't want to see, uh, you know, the public square uh, polluted with with hate speech and and disinformation. That um, that that's not that's not a good uh, use of uh, uh, the information environment for the American people. Uh, but it's up to these social media companies to determine how they're going to manage uh, their content, how they are going to deliver that content uh, to their users. Well, it's always been up to social media companies to determine how they're going to use their content. Welcome back to the show. It's Monday. We're going to start another week. Hopefully, we'll make it to Christmas break. Dana Lash here with you. And the fourth part of the Twitter files, although I don't know that, I mean, is it, everybody knows this. Does this, I mean, does it matter anymore? Does it really matter anymore? What's going to change? What's going to change, honestly? Well, the gaslighting, hopefully. I, I don't think so. People are still gaslit. And I think that they just don't care. I mean, you can sit here and you can release these files six way to Sunday. But what is it going to change, honestly? Is it going to change the left wanting to, uh, to, to dissuade them from wanting to control speech? No, I don't think so. I don't think it will. No, it's not going to do a singular damn thing. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter anything. I mean, I think it should. I think it's incredibly important. It's a free speech issue. But, you know, that's, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. So the, we've got, we have some policy to get into. Uh, I mean, we're just anticipating, can't wait for 2024 to kick off and just make life worth, not worth living because that campaign is going to start as soon as everybody gets back from break. So the Twitter files, oh, blah, 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 final nail in the media's credibility. I think that's a stupid headline because the media doesn't have any credibility to begin with. None of it does. Why do we keep acting like there was some sort of like remnant of any kind of credibility that they had left? There's not. I don't. I mean, there, there, there isn't. There's uh, the fourth installment came by way of Michael Schellenberger, and that was everything that we thought happened with Trump's account. You know why I'm aggravated at reading these headlines? Is because this is the BS that we've had to live with for the past four years, and it's just now making headlines. I mean, we've already we've lived and breathed this for the past four years, screamed it from the rooftops and were ignored by legacy press or by people who thought that maybe, you know, they, it doesn't matter because 
they weren't on Twitter, so it doesn't matter. And now people are starting to see, well, here's the importance of all of this stuff. So, yeah, if we sound a little aggravated at it, it's because we've been, this has been our lives for the past, like, four, some, I mean, it's affected people in, in inordinate ways, disproportionately, because of politics. And so, the fourth one, everything that we thought is exactly as it was. Everything that, that we thought they were doing on Capitol Hill and in Twitter HQ, they were doing. Shocker, shocker, shocker. And so, the latest, as I was saying... The Twitter files that were dumped, yes, they showed... There's only one person that actually raised any kind of question about this, by the way. Uh, One person on the inside who just said, oh, unpopular opinion, or unpopular take, but... So they had... uh, Michael Schellenberger was the guy who released the fourth batch, and it showed that everybody from, you know, the former first lady to media people were calling on Twitter to permanently ban Trump... And that Dorsey was in a yurt somewhere in the uh, anus of French Polynesia. I don't know. I'm just speculating. He was in a yurt smoking pot. Let's not act like he was on some kind of self-discovery with yoga. And he phoned into meetings, delegated much of the handling of the situation to executives like their head of global whatever trust and safety and uh, VJJ head of legal policy and trust or whatever her name is. That's what I'm assuming her name is. I'm going to call it that. So... They said that he, uh, so he, par- he apparently was just uh, phoning it in. So, and a lot of the accusations, I don't want to say that he was phoning it in too much because I feel like he's using that as a way to get out of being uh, gone after for perjuring himself when he was testifying before Congress because he did have to swear in for that. Now, apparently, well, and we all knew this, that the 99% and it got it increased in terms of Uh, tribalism every year from 2018 to 2022 99 percent of twitter's staff's political donations went to democrats wow oh my gosh we're so surprised this is so shocking no one could have ever figured this out and that uh they were super far left wow so shocking no one could have figured this out and that uh, Jack Dorsey was basically MIA. You mean like when he was posting those photos of himself literally in a yurt smoking pot on a beach somewhere? We He wasn't in the office when he did that? I mean, Twitter has a lot of things. You know, people thought maybe he would have had that too. Uh, they said that um, the discussion of it, this is when they were changing their uh, rules in terms of how many strikes you get before you're out. And it was after this that they decided to yeet Trump off the platform. And it was the civic integrity rule. And that's when Yoel Roth, who had said, Jack, just re- just approve repeat offender for civic integ- integrity. So if it's, you know, you get ho- however many strikes you get, then you get you're permanently suspended. And so that was the that was the rule that they decided to apply to Trump at that particular point. And so Roth, once again, looks like the big bad villain and Jack Dorsey just looks like I just don't I'm just not excusing him. He just looks like he was MIA. And so this this was, you know, ultimately that was the that was the justification that they decided to come up with because it was all incredibly arbitrary. You know, what is or is not civic integrity? I mean, really, I mean, are we going to sit here and act like any of the executives at Twitter are engaged in any kind of real civic integrity? Is that something that I mean, because that's that's what they think. So they apparently believe that they are. 
And so this is, this is, that's how he got, that's how he was suspended. Now, in the meantime, the media, I thought this was really interesting as well, because let me pull this up. I wrote about this. The former head of the CIA, John Brennan, who is himself, I mean, he's the poster boy for the unregulated and unaccountable deep state. If you have forgotten, I reminded you in a piece that I sent out to subscribers yesterday on a Sunday. I worked for you. John Brennan was busted for lying to Congress. Remember about hacking Senate staffers emails. He was busted for trying to prosecute Senate staffers. He was busted for lying to Congress about the American drone program. And he was busted for peddling the debunked steel dossier. And he was busted. There were like a handful of IG reports, particularly about the hacking of Senate staffer emails and additionally spying on whistleblowers. I mean, he is the, as I said, poster boy for the deep state. And he decided because Elon Musk tweeted over the weekend quote my pronouns are prosecute Fauci and that enraged the left and so John Brennan decided in all of his gut his gust to get out here and and throw his weight around in the form of arguing with Musk over Musk's opinion of Tony Fauci uh, to quote John Brennan's very burn book esh entry he says quote Dr. Fauci is a national hero who will be remembered for generations to come for his innate goodness, gag me, and many contributions to public health. Despite your business success, you will be remembered most for fueling public hate and divisions. You may have money, but you have no class. That was his actual tweet. And of course, he's trying to use the influence of his previous position as director of the CIA to to do this. I, I That's just such a petty uh, ridiculous, embarrassing, cringe tweet that the former head of the CIA actually made here. It's 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 embarrassing that we have these people at these high levels of office, and it's incredibly ironic for someone who who pushed that debunked dossier all around Washington. A guy who droned Americans to death and then lied about it and hid details of it from the from from the taxpayer and from Congress. A guy who treats the CIA as a completely separate and unaccountable department a, apart from any other any other facet of the United States government. Uh, for him to sit here and accuse anyone else of fueling public hate and division is just it's pure gaslighting at its at its most distilled definition is exactly what this is and the fact that he's arguing with the owner of twitter the head of the former head of the cia is arguing with a business owner for the business owner's opinion on a disgraced doctor and there are lots of receipts and baggage that tony fauci has by the way not just going back to the AIDS epidemic either. I think it underscores a couple of things that controlling communication is top priority for the Soviet left and that that deep state isn't so-called. It's absolutely real. Absolutely real. Innate goodness. Gag me. Innate goodness. This guy. They are so terrified of losing control of this platform because they want to control the conversation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody like that in charge of the CIA? Somebody that political, somebody that politicized in charge of the CIA. Well, he was and he was spying on, you know, he actually angered Democrats. Some of the Democrats who aren't total 100 percent Soviets, but Soviet John Brennan, which, by the way, you're going to get so tired of hearing that because I'm done. I'm done calling the left, the American left for what it is. They're Soviets. They're a bunch of Soviet filating Marxist loving Putin worshipers that's all they are and I think we need to call it like it is because I'm done I'm done with it I'm so done with it I mean it's you know it's 
this is the former head of the CIA who's doing this. You know, when I, people like me, when I see this kind of stuff, I'm like, the hell, why do I got to follow laws? You all don't follow laws and and the people that are uh, appointed to these high positions in D.C., why do I got to follow anything? Hmm? Why? I mean, these are the questions that people like me ask. We're all done with it. Now, in addition to this, uh, the Bidens, we're going to do some Biden haikus coming up. I looked at this. I looked at Hunter Biden's paintings and these suck. They're really horrible. They're really bad. What is that? There was this toy that was, uh, you could get kids. It was a uh, an artist thing. I can't remember what it was called. Was it that? It was like a, you, it was real easy. Yeah, 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 Spirograph. That's basically what he's doing. And they're, it just is cheesy. He doesn't really understand color all that well. You can tell because it's just very elementary. And the only reason that his stuff is valuable at all is because he writes his name Biden super big at the bottom. And then he has the audacity to call his latest batch of whatever you want to call these paintings, I guess, haiku, the haiku series. And you know why he calls it the haiku series? Because he writes what he thinks is a haiku on the back of each of these paintings. Now, as someone who was forced to learn what haikus were when I was a sophomore in high school and had to do a whole series of them, for a project in my AP literature class for midterms. Oh, I remember this distinctly. I had to write a million of them. That's not what a haiku is. A haiku isn't just whatever you think it is because your last name is Biden. I mean, this guy has no self-awareness at all. This messy-looking, schlubby-looking crack addict standing by these paint-by-numbers spirograph just heinous just insults on canvas and then he he's trying to redefine what a haiku is and we're going to make fun of this because we can and because i'm just i'm tired of this entitled family so we've got this coming up put Buttigieg, you know the big the guy who uh he put a bike in the back of his suv and then he was caught taking the suv out of the or the bike out of the suv and then riding it the rest of the way to work so he could pretend that he rode a bike to work because he was so green well now he's been busted that's a real thing google the video now he's been busted for flying on taxpayer funded private jets a lot yeah secretary mayor poot has been flying on tons of private jets I, nobody knows what he does. I think he just, you know, he's the secretary of transportation, which means he got he got put there because Biden thought that he could control him better. Biden's allies thought that Poot might be a threat to him, <laughs> stupidly. And so they put him in this position. Our friends at Hillsdale College want to wish you and your family a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example, the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. And the college continues this mission in its classrooms and nationwide through their educational outreach efforts. They couldn't do it without your help. So this Christmas season, Hillsdale wants to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness towards the college. They've prepared a special video, their sacred music choirs, singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. And while there, please consider a donation to the college by clicking the Support Hillsdale College button at the top of the page. You'll want to put this special Christmas song on replay. Find it at hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, and I promise it will be uplifting and inspiring for you. That's hillsdale.edu. Slash Christmas. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So the remote work revolution has killed over $40 billion in commercial real estate, and I hope that all the businesses that decided to bend the knee to that stupid stuff never come back again. And I hope that businesses that do exactly what those businesses provided, run by people who don't bend a knee to this kind of tyranny, that they sprout up in their places. I don't feel bad about saying this at all because it's so stupid and people need to learn. Yeah, $400 billion in commercial real estate. The remote work revolution spurred by the lockdowns and everything else. It's exactly what happened. The uh, Golden Globes. Remember how everyone kept talking about they need to have more diverse voters, more diverse voters, blah, 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 blah. Well, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the head of which is the guy who apparently is accused of sexually harassing uh, Brendan Fraser, they revealed that even though they tried to, I guess, diversify their voting ranks, it didn't work because, I don't know, because it didn't, because it's stupid. Maybe just, uh, they, they keep voting for the same movies that no one watches. Have you noticed this? All the movies that are like Golden Globe winners, Nobody goes and sees these movies. It's just not something people don't go see it. San Francisco's guaranteed income program for pregnant black women that pays up to $1,000 a month for a full year is now expanding into other California counties. They pay $5 million to... this. Is, hey, this is what the... Uh, what is it? The new... Uh, like the NatCon. This is what the NatCon folks want. The program serves San Francisco. It's going to expand into 2023 and serve Los Angeles, Riverside, Alameda counties. And it's paying people, basically, for having kids. I literally have had young Republicans, like, who are with big organizations, back these kind of programs. It's crazy to see it in a headline. And a man got arrested because he called police 2,000 times in nine days. You can't do that. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. The hunter-hater narrative is out there. It's been out there for three years. As I said, it's nothing new. But we need, we need our own counter-narratives out there, and we need to educate the public and tell them what's behind all this. And so we're going to go on offense. Are we going to expose some of the Republicans on the committee? Sure we are. So that's David Brock, the walking uh, cocaine nugget who used to be head of Media Matters. Oh, I'm not wrong. Google it. It's right. Nugget. Nugget. Because they think he's too broke at this point. He can't get a whole rock. He's got, he can get a little chip of a nug. That's all he can get. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our first hour. David Brock, I have to tell you a funny story before you go anymore. 
So if you're unfamiliar with who David Brock is, David Brock is the head of media, was the head of Media Matters. He was this disaffected Republican. He's, I don't even know how, how old is like a thousand in lizard years. I don't know. He's super old dude. And no offense to actual other old dudes, but he's just a different breed. And he was a very uh, aggressive. He was like, a, I think he identified as a Republican in the 90s. I don't know. All I know is that when I came of age and I was being political and when I first had any kind of um, introduction to anything Media Matters did, he was the head of it at the time. He's since left it and he's done all these other. He's been involved in Act Blue and everything else. But anyway, he ended up leaving the Republican Party and hands to sky. I think he left the Republican Party because his book flopped. He had this book, I think uh, it came out on the Clintons or something. I don't even remember because it's not worth my brain space. But it didn't do very well, and I guess he just got mad and disaffected, and so he decided to leave. Because so there are people who are involved in politics that are only involved in the political affiliation because they think that it's a business for them. It's not something that's actually fueled by principled belief. It's a business. Just realize this, and it explains a lot of the stuff that you see on television about D.C. to you. And so he ended up going to the left and uh, helped found Media Matters. And Media Matters is, all Media Matters is, is the militant arm of the DNC. And they do hit pieces. They don't even do advertising. They do hit pieces. And their their stuff is so ridiculous and over the top. And all the smear pieces, particularly anybody in media, they don't want conservatives to gain any kind of ground, whether it's in Hollywood, whether it's in you know news, television, whatever it is, doesn't matter. They will go after you. All the smear pieces, they originated cancel culture. Media Matters is the originator of cancel culture. And so for him to say, oh, we're going to start looking, that's all he's ever done. All he's ever done is that stuff. But I do think it's funny that David Brock is vowing to dish dirt on Republicans looking at going after uh, Hunter Biden. Because if you remember the big exposés that came out on David Brock and during his Media Matters time, they were pretty juicy juice. Don't know if you you know recall any of these. Daily Caller had some of it. Apparently, he was busted for snorting so much coke and his staff, according into all the exposés that came out his staff was actually concerned about his coke usage and he had a bodyguard who illegally carried guns in dc while he was railing against uh while he was railing against firearm ownership so i mean he's like a coke fueled maniac and it makes me wonder if he's just not mad because it's disrupting his supply to biden i don't know i'm just you know just speculating so i just found that to be hysterically funny that this is the guy who's going out there like, oh, we're going to investigate. We're going to look at these Republicans that are wanting to go after Hunter Biden. <laughs> OK, so with this, I want to I want to switch gears and look at Secretary Mayor Newman Poot. And one of the reasons I want to look at Secretary Mayor Newman Poot is do you remember? Let's go back. When when was this? Do you guys remember Health and Human Services Secretary, former Tom Price? Right. He ended up, do you remember why he had to resign? So Tom Price, he had to resign from the Trump cabinet because, and this is a Politico piece, this is from 2017. He had to resign uh, back in September of 2017 because he had taken a bunch of private flights that were funded by the taxpayer. 
And so he was the first and the left was apoplectic over it. And then they were celebratory because this was the first Trump administration cabinet secretary to step down. And so he stepped down because of the private flights. There was this big, oh, the left really went at it. They said, oh, we noticed that you had a handful of private flights that were paid for by the taxpayer. And he resigned. And so this was one, I'm looking at a couple of other things. And it was spe- it was specifically due to his use of private private planes. The CNN headline said, "Price out as HHS secretary after private plane scandal." You guys remember all of this? He said, "No, no, no." I, he said I, everything was approved through the usual legal and ethics offices at HHS. Oh no, no! But you could not have the appearance of a cabinet secretary flying routes that were easily navigated by far cheaper means. Oh, they went after him. Remember this? Tom Price had to resign in shame. He broke a precedent. He had non-commercial travel. He traveled privately. He must go. So are we going to make that the universal rule now? Well, it depends. Because Secretary Mayor Newman, Poot Buttigieg, has flown a lot on taxpayer-funded private jets, according to a ton of flight data. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, as much as, actually, he's flown as much as Tom Price has. Wow. Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, really? Wait a he's just a couple of flights under Tom Price. Literally, like two flights under Tom Price. Secretary, Transportation Secretary Newman Poot. He's, remember, he's the carbon emissions guy. Everybody has to cut their carbon emissions. Kane, are you cutting your carbon emissions? No. I'm actually increasing carbon emissions. I'm actually considering ways to increase my carbon emissions more. Yeah, like taking unnecessary trips to do totally stupid things. So instead of taking an email, maybe I will get in my car and I'll, you know, especially if it's local, and I'll drive a piece of mail to where it needs to go and then come back and then get the envelope for it and drive that back too. Right? See, you know, I'm doing my part. So... Poot Buttigieg has traveled back and forth all around the country on private taxpayer-funded jets. Huh. Interesting. The House Oversight and Reform Committee, they opened all these investigations into every bit of travel that Trump administration officials took. But when it comes to, hmm, Poot, hmm, He gets to hop on a private jet. What's different is that Tom Price also wasn't a big proponent of of, uh, reducing your carbon emissions. He wasn't one of those guys that was shaming people for taking private flights. But if you've noticed, all these people on the left, John Kerry, Poot Booty Judge, everyone else, they lecture Americans, maybe you should fly less. Maybe you should do all of these things to make your life more miserable. And reduce any kind of uh, output or evidence that you were ever on this earth to the planet. Maybe you should do those things. But in the meantime, they'll hop on a private flight whenever they can. Yeah, he's used a lot of private jets. Because he does important work, guys. I mean, I don't, don't ask me to explain what he does. It has to do with transportation stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's what he's supposed to do. He had to go, oh. So one of his trips... He went to Vegas to promote a public works project. 
And see, it was he's specialer because he can't you can't expect someone like Secretary Mayor Newman Poot to take a commercial jet. And what if, what if first class is full? Does he have to slum it in steerage? I mean, come on. So he's got to hop on a private plane and go and promote a public works thing. Hmm. What's interesting, too, is that the deep dive into his travel has noticed that all of the states Secretary Mayor Newman Poot Buttigieg has visited on his taxpayer-funded private jet have been swing states in federal elections. But he, there was one exception. He said, well, Oklahoma's not a swing state. Oh, the one state that you went to that wasn't a, oh, oh, I guess you got us. But he's been to everywhere from Ohio, New Hampshire, everywhere. He's jetted all around. And what is, he basically is uh, acting as a car, sh- like a, a show car or whatever. Like, a, you know how you go and you see they, people come out with a new vehicle and you have like the women who present them and they do their hands and they, here's the car. You know what I mean? He's that for these uh, infrastructure investment and jobs act projects from what i'm reading so he basically you're telling me that he basically just goes and shows up to highlight what we're spent he spends taxpayer funded taxpayer dollars to take a private jet to go and highlight something that taxpayer dollars are doing that seems dumb i mean couldn't you just like zoom it in couldn't you do we not have that technology can you work an audio video do we not have that technology to do that well, why couldn't he do that? Great question. But I mean, I think he was busy giving COVID messages while walking down hallways. Oh, that's a really good point. Is this what he was doing instead of his job? I mean, the transportation secretary. Let's look at this for a minute. Because this seems like a really cushy job. You don't really work. I mean, nobody knows what he does. Does he even have an office? Nobody knows. So the transportation secretary, the... It doesn't actually give their job details. Uh, when you, I, I don't know. Nobody knows what they do. Nobody knows what this stuff does. The transportation secretary is supposed to, Elaine Chow had it uh, previously. And then, of course, you had Tom Price. But basically, they oversee the formulation of national transportation policy. And they promote intermodal transportation. Very official. And they advise the president on transportation stuff. Based on what experience? Well, he likes to drive, and he was the mayor of a town that had buses. So, I mean, he's way more. Oh, and he likes to fly private a lot. That's true. So he's you know an expert on transportation. He gets six figures. Well. Upper five. Let's put it like that. He gets upper five. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Actually, no, I think it is six figures. And I will say that previous, I mean, transportation, I mean, wouldn't you want to be, if you're the transportation secretary, wouldn't you want to be on private or public transport? Because if your job is to showcase transportation and if people are having a difficult time with flights because of cancellations etc isn't because the excuse that some have given is that well you know he can't be subjected to the cancellations that other you know really 
that that means there's a that he's not doing his job if there are that many problems that he can't even take public transit. If he can't take public transportation and he's the transportation secretary, he's not doing his job. The fact that they don't see this is mind-boggling. I mean, you you're the transportation secretary. You would want to be seen taking public transport. But see, this is what this is how the left treats these the Soviet left treats these jobs. It is nothing more than, you know, a, a, some sort of symbolic position that is there to do, I mean, nothing except they just try to justify taking taxpayer dollars or something for, you know, oh, here he's doing his job. We don't know what he's doing, but mm. I just think if you're unable to take public transport as the transportation secretary, then that means that you're not doing your job correctly. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself, nothing is actually free. Other mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. Now with Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get that iPhone 14 or 14 Pro that you've been eyeing interest-free without the games and with no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider with nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to any of the three major carriers they provide for free. Simply visit patriotmobile.com Dana or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code Dana. That's patriotmobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. Chapter and verse is the title. I saw this headline over at New York Times. Actually, I saw it. It was a tweet first. And listen to how just the, these people are so, they're, they're shocked. Thousands of teens are being pushed into military's junior ROTC. It is so shocking. They said in high schools across the country, students are being placed in military classes without electing them on their own. One parent said, the, the word, the only word I can think of is indoctrination. Oh my gosh, wait until their sons turn 18 and they get their draft card. By the way, my son who turned 18 recently got his thing from the draft, from the selective service in the mail, and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't flip off the envelope. Yeah, I don't feel, no, no, no. If this was 20, 30 years ago, then maybe I'd feel differently. But after everything that the government has put people through, after lockdowns, after working with literal, you know, digital media services to act as agents of state, I do not feel in any way at all whatsoever as though I, I don't I don't have the same feeling. I mean, I actively persuaded my oldest not to go in the military. Like, really, you want to have Biden as... And then after he left 13 servicemen and women to die in Kabul after they closed Bagram and decided to funnel everyone into the kill box that was Hamid Karzai International Airport, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is... And I'm not the only one. I'm hearing this from tons of tons and tons and tons of parents. My every single one without exception of my friends who are veterans are like, yeah, with this, with the way things are right now, with this administration, oh, hell no. Yeah, I got that envelope and I saw this story in New York Times. I'm like, wait until these parents, wait until their sons turn 18. 
And then they have to sign under penalty of jail. They have to sign. They have to have their 18-year-old. The first thing that they can legally sign as an adult is this selective service card. Yeah. To what? Pledge, pledge fealty to an institution that has decided to damage its own readiness and capabilities by playing into wokery? Really? Man, I don't have enough middle fingers. There's not enough liquor in the world for this kind of sto story on a Monday. I'm telling you. All right, so coming up in our second hour, ladies and gents, we have all of the latest with free speech, the economy, woo flu. I'm st starting to see a ton of the these headlines where people are being denied. It's like a year ago, but now people are being denied, uh, what, transplants and all kinds of stuff because they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Why is this still going on? We've got this, some educational headlines and more. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. The biggest single group we have ever seen during our border coverage crossed illegally into El Paso, Texas right now. And we'll get right to that stunning footage. Take a look at this. This was Sunday night in El Paso, an enormous migrant caravan of well over 1,000 people crossed illegally into El Paso last night. El Paso media reporting it is potentially the biggest mass crossing in the city's history. Man, I have never seen anything like this before. I can't tell you how many listeners we have in these border areas who email me. They take photos or their local media coverage or stories on this. It is unbelievable. Welcome to the program. Top of our second hour. And I'm Dana Lash here with you this Monday. This would be... The biggest story. And I, I go back and forth because I, I think that the free speech battle is incredibly important. And I go back and forth thinking, well, it's very important. But I also think that maybe some would love to deflect from this. This, you, you would not believe your eyes. And this comes after, remember, you had Corinne Jean-Pierre and others say, no, you can't just walk across the border. Oh, yeah, you can. They said that they believe it's the single biggest caravan in history that crossed the Rio Grande into El Paso and everyone's just going right into the streets we have nine days until title 42 ends and migrants are mostly from Venezuela Nicaragua I'm sure they'll send anyone from Cuba right back because <laughs> you know Cubans tend to be a little more conservative and Mexican police had escorted nearly 20 buses full of people now the Title 42, if you don't remember what that did, 
Title 42 was the expulsion of people who wanted to uh, bypass the process to seek asylum and they wanted to illegally cross and then claim asylum. And that's not how you seek asylum. You seek asylum by applying so within your own country of residence. And there, there was it was well over a thousand. This is just one group, one group. Well over a thousand. It's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. Just and then they there are so many people and they stand in these long lines. And when it gets cooler in the evening, they'll light fires and stuff. Because it gets so uh, there's so many people and they can I mean, there's just so many people there. It's just stunning. I don't know that I've ever seen I've never seen a photo of a group this big. And that's just one. Now you have to think that how many are, you know, like numbers like this per week that that file over. I mean, it is, I mean, it's hard for people to even get a head count. It's hard for people to even get, even to get a head count in. They said within the last 48 hours, they said the new, New headline is that the chief of U.S. Border Patrol says there's been over 16,000 illegal crossings, they said, encounters at the border within the last 48 hours. That's 8,000 per day. Now, remember, you had Jay Johnson, as Bill Malugin notes, the former Obama DHS secretary who said 1,000 in a day would be considered a crisis. Okay, well, this is eight times that. Eight times that. It is, this is unsustainable. Unsustainable. And this whole thing, I mean, this is just stunning. I'm looking at some other video and and some more photos of this. The city of El Paso says that Border Patrol had over 5,000 people in custody and they're having to release hundreds of people just into city streets because... They can't, they can't keep everybody. They, it's, they, there's no way they can keep everybody. It, it is, un, it's, and this is, again, nine days. Nine days, and then Title 42 is done. Whew. They had also, Border Patrol's been showing how many individuals are criminals and have been repeatedly deported. The ones that they're able to catch, there's quite a lot of them. One, several of them included uh, child uh, sex offenders. They had one individual who was, uh, he's a child molestation, he was convicted of child molestation. And they just happened to nab him, illegally crossing. Just in, And people will wait, they'll wait on the other side of the border and just wait to go and cross. It's just stunning. And the administration, you know what the administration says, there's more important things than the border. More important things than the border. Now, and of course, yeah, as Kane notes, not all asylum claims are genuine. In fact, very few are. Very few asylum claims are actually actually merit asylum. Not not everyone does. Not everyone not everyone gets that. I mean, if you're claiming asylum, I mean there's 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 strict rules to do that. And just saying you're coming over to look for work is not and a lot of the claims as to criminal activity, even the uh, cartels, etc., a lot of that is not, 
not everybody's eligible. That's just the way it is. I mean, just because you fear isn't evidence. And I mean, goodness, everyone can everyone can state that to say that you everyone. There's just no there's not everyone is able to to make that claim credibly. That's why so few are taken under asylum. Now, a few things. There is apparently part five of the Twitter files has been released. Getting into the latest with the the machinations of Twitter executives. So it's about basically the removal of Trump from Twitter. And it was how the, I guess it was the tweet that he had, and this was January 8th, 21, where he said the 75,000 great American patriots, 75 million, sorry, the great American patriots who voted for me, America first, make America great, we'll have a giant voice long into the future. Uh, they'll not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. So apparently he had, that was the tweet, it's being suggested, or it's being reported that he had one strike before permanent suspension, and I guess that was the tweet that had it. That was the tweet. Whew. And that seems incredibly... That, that's open to interpret. That, that's Where in the world is that in any way insightful? He said that he's not going to go to the inauguration on January 20th. And uh, as we've just said, the fifth one has come now. The fifth installment of the Twitter files just literally just dropped. And so there were, there, Barry Weiss notes that there were, disin, there were uh, people inside of Twitter that disagreed with the way that the platform was was undertaking these these suspensions and there was one conversation from one employee that happened on january 7th and the employee stated maybe because i am from china but i deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation and this is then the end of this this sort of sentiment was rare inside of Twitter and apparently across all their different slack channels if you're unfamiliar with slack it's like a messaging system where people who are within the same network like we have one for radio where we can communicate off air and all of the all of the stuff and and it's a it's a great way to stay in touch with with coworkers and teams and you can have different channels within one account and apparently across all these slack channels by and large Twitter employees were infuriated that Twitter had not already banned Trump. And so there was one lone, apparently one lone person who was saying, maybe it's because I'm from China, but I deeply understand how censorship affects public discourse. And so apparently Twitter employees after what, after January 6th of 21 organized to demand, according to Weiss, that their employer banned Trump. One Twitter employee said there's a lot of employee advocacy happening. And it goes from there. And so you, they were really, I think, trying to, I mean, it was the, it was the political affiliations of these employees that were driving their policy more so than making decisions that best, that, that are best uh, for the, the company.
I mean, that's it's pretty unbelievable. And so this is some of the and they're coming out right now. So as I, I know I'm seeing them as everyone else is. So they're coming. These are coming out right now. The, it's really interesting. One said one staffer said we have to do the right thing and ban this account. It's obvious he's going to try to thread the needle of incitement. Oh, boy, they were really trying to make that argument. Oh, he's trying to thread the needle of incitement. But no one could actually give any kind of example of incitement, though. They said, oh, he's going to try to do it without violating the rules. But no one actually was, no one was, there, was, there wasn't a, an actual example of this. That's the thing. There was, there was none of it. But they kept, they were really, they were really, really pushing that narrative. And the employees wanted that definitely to be true. So we'll give you the latest on this as that because they're dropping right now. And so we'll share we'll share those with you as we get them. Also, a few other things to mention here. Do you remember that video uh, last week that came out when you had Brittany Griner who was released and she was on that airport tarmac at in UAE United Arab Emirates, and as she was leaving, they had the they had Victor Boot, the guy who was uh, you know like a, a weapons supplier to different terrorist groups. He was walking across the tarmac. She was walking across the tarmac, and then it looked like she was reaching out to shake his hand, but there was a weird edit. Well, everyone said that they didn't want the video of her shaking hands with the so-called merchant of death. And it looks like that is exactly what happened. Apparently, she did shake his hand, and they just edited that out of the video. What's worse, like editing that out of the video or keeping it in there? Everybody knows she shook hands with him. It just looks dumber having edited it out. I will say, I keep seeing arguments, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. I, I do think Victor Boot, because he gave this interview, and we'll get into this. He gave this interview where he was asked, and it's RT, which is Kremlin founded and funded. He was asked what he thought of America. They are propagandizing this so bad. And here's the thing. Democrats, are they, it's like they're willingly going along with this. They want to help sow as much distrust an absence of faith in the heart of the American people as it relates to our institutions. They, it's like they're working hand in hand with the Russians at doing this. The Russians cut this video in the way that this boot guy is talking about America. Oh, I love America, but their institution. I mean, it is stunning. But I will say this. Some of the sentiments that I've seen, people say, oh, well, you know, the CIA just didn't want to be in competition with this guy. Because, you know, he supplied arms to... He did sell to terrorist groups that killed Americans. Let's not forget that major... But then, of course, you also had our ATF that sold guns to drug cartels that killed Americans. So, yeah. Anyway. New York's Democrat governor vetoes bipartisan legislation to fight the fentanyl crisis... I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also tell you another way that the Chinese Communist Party is trying to manipulate our political system by accusing an Asian American congresswoman of being racist towards China. And as Twitter's role in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story is revealed, I'll call out the swamp creatures who called it Russian disinformation. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. 
So, what is it? France took out England yesterday. I watched that. Morocco reached World Cup semifinals, topping Portugal. Ronaldo was sad. Was he bawling or just crying? Or was he just teary-eyed? Some of that some of the media, I thought, enjoyed it a little too much. They they just enjoyed it a little too much there, I have to say. Uh, also, so Morocco's gonna they they advance, uh, France advances. Uh, oh yeah, England, uh, Portugal don't. This GOP senators are raving over a potential Tim Scott presidential run. No. I like Tim Scott, but he doesn't have a shot in hell. I'm just gonna we're gonna end that right there because that's I'm just being honest. There's no it's not mean. I'm just I'm just telling you. I don't know why and why. Why do people float this stuff? Uh, also, Wall Street Journal has the story that Europe is now being hit by a shortage of antibiotics. Have you been seeing too that people uh, what is it Adderall? Is that what people take for ADHD? Yeah. Apparently, there's a shortage of that in the United States and others. An antibiotic shortage in Europe, a rising demand and supply chain issues because everybody makes the, the all the powders in China. And, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they said that it's it is becoming incredibly problematic for these manufacturers, and so as a result, they said that there there's a shortage. Countries across Europe are reporting shortages, and there um, amoxicillin, cephal- cephalosporins, and other widely used. And about, is that Neosporin? I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, make sure you, I'm all stocked up on my Neosporin. So I do have that. Uh, let's see here. I had a little glitch with my headlines. And so now I have it. I had to bring it back up. Uh, also, the uh, 25% of home buyers, nearly 25% of home buyers, CNBC, said that they want to move. And if you guess Florida as being the top state that to where they want to move, you are correct. They said that. The net flow of people looking to move, leave their city and move is pretty unbelievable. A lot of people are leaving California. A lot of people are leaving New York. Uh, Chicago, Boston, and D.C. People are leaving. And everybody's going to sunny Florida. Hmm. I feel like that is going to... There's a bad side to that. There's a downside. But I don't think they're going to realize it for five to ten years. We have a lot more on the way. Hunter Biden haikus. And all the left now doesn't want to buy Tesla anymore because of Elon Musk. We'll talk about that. Stay with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. I do, Maria, because I think if we want any hope of coming together at the as a country, the first thing we have to do is say uh, people should be able to express their view. We can't tell people who we disagree with, please just be silenced. We don't want to hear you. We don't want to uh, engage with you. Uh, let me tell you, that's just going to create further polarization, further alienation. And I've been surprised how many Republicans who don't agree with a single thing I said uh, believe, OK, at least we can uh, have a dialogue. And that, I think, is the first step step to being together as Americans. We could all pledge allegiance to the Constitution, to the First Amendment. That's what makes us Americans. Hmm. That's Ro, Ro Canna, who's a Democrat. He seems nice, but I, I don't want to be unified with anybody. Unity's overrated. Welcome back to the pro. That's going to be my new pronoun. It's not a pronoun anymore, but nobody knows what the hell pronouns are. So the, the, word, the definition's been ruined. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, bottom of our second hour. All I want to do is play Back for Blood and then not be unified. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else. And, and, so, let's, because uh, they, they have, we have the, the latest, what is it, part five of the whole Twitter file thing that's happening. 
as being it's all basically what I'm not going to sit here and read everything because you guys can do that. It is all into exactly what Twitter did in order to uh, come to the determination that they are going to, uh, I guess, ban Trump and then some of the dissent with inside of Twitter and just how many employees are lockstep. It's like the Borg. Twitter employees, by and large, are like the Borg. And they had... There were so many examples of, what is it, the Malaysian prime minister who said, yes, it's a right for Muslims to kill millions of French people. This is in October 2020. He was okay. He could stay. All these other, the, the Ayatollah, he could stay. Ah, oh, but no Trump. He had to go. And he didn't even say anything remotely near what they said, what those people said. But it's D different, see, because he's a Republican. And just being a Republican is violence. Just... If, if you don't agree with someone on the left, that is the new violence. So what is violence? If that's the new violence, what is violence anymore? It's a million dollar question. Have you seen these people on the left? I don't even know who some of these people are. I just wanted to make fun of them for a moment. This one guy, what is his name? Nick something. He says he's some, I don't know, a civic activist, whatever that means. Nick Hanauer. He says, well, I was a Tesla customer, just canceling the car I have in order now. And then I watched this whole Twitter circle fest where they all were going, same for me. I was going to, I was going to order a Tesla. One of my f- close friends uh, just stopped buying a Tesla. They, I'm stopping my Tesla too. Scott Kelly, the uh, astronaut brother of Mark Kelly, because Musk had said my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Kelly had said, Elon, please don't mock and promote hate towards the marginalized and at risk of violence members of the blah, 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 community. They're blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Musk told him off. I mean, these people, all these other, the, like this other guy took a photo of himself in his driveway saying Musk's actions have kept me from buying a Tesla. I'm not buying a Tesla anymore. He joined... Um, he was at uh, Dave Chappelle's San Francisco show last night, and apparently uh, he got booed by the audience. Chappelle brought him out, and he apparently got booed uh, by the audience because it's San Francisco, and everyone identifies as butthurt. Yeah. Well, so that's and yeah, he got he ended up getting <laughs> he ended up getting booed when he came out. You know what, though? Chappelle and Musk, they have blank you money, so they don't care. You can sit here and boo all day long. How, like, ridiculous are these people? I saw this other piece. It's, I mean, where's this one at? I think I passed it up. Oh, jeez. The Atlantic. Elon Musk is a far-right activist. He's actually not. He's a big gun control supporter, and he's previously identified as a socialist. Just because he doesn't agree with you on speech does not make him a far-right activist. Jiminy Christmas, this is so insane. But this is what the left, this is what they do. The Soviet left is like this now. The Soviet left believes that if you diverge from any part of their belief system, you're far right. I mean, I have so many, he's got a ton of of just straight up, you know, gun control tweets. And he has, he's talked about how he likes socialism and all this other stuff. And... He, I mean, he has quite a bit. 
but because he doesn't believe in censorship, that that's how somehow he's far right. Golly, there's no nuance with the Soviet left. None at all. He's a far right activist. He's not a far right activist. Not at all. There's a Stanford professor. Stanford. You know, they're so conservative there. He had said that he had been blacklisted because he opposed coronavirus lockdowns. He says it's like McCarthyism of the 50s. I just want to tell you, you know, I've said this before. I've made this point before, but I feel like I can't make it enough. The people who want to ban the speech are never on the right side of history. Ever. They, they aren't at all ever. It's just pretty stunning to see. Uh, yeah, whether it's their, whether it's this, the former CIA head going after Musk, whether it's members of Congress who are all because he's not censoring conservatives. I can't wait for my throttling to actually finally stop and go away. That'll be great. Because they, they have been throttling people like mad. So uh, also speaking of mad, Hunter Biden has been selling his paintings. He sold another. He's got a new series out. <laughs> oh, man. Would you call him? It's the spiral graph thing. Spirograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he apparently sold a painting for $225,000. Oh, boy. And the White House has always said, well, they we make sure we take a great care in protecting uh you know, we to make sure against to make sure that there's there's not going to be any kind of impropriety. We want to. They said that they want to prevent ethical breaches, and so they have measures. I don't know what those are, and they've never actually elaborated. They said they have measures in place to shield information about, uh, you know, who he's selling his work to. Supposedly, do you believe that? Do you believe that they have that? I believe that they do want to censor it because I think this is all money laundering. I think oh, at I think this so level. Too. They're handing money over, this amount of money over, for spit on canvas, essentially. And yeah, they, yeah, th- this is money laundering. So, yeah, of course they're going to keep all those uh, pieces of information anonymous. They said that uh, he's, so here's, his, here's the story, I, which I am shocked at this. So in addition to selling bad art, he's murdering the haiku. So he's got this, I guess he had another gallery showing. His latest exhibition, painting sold for up to $225,000. And it's his haiku series. I can't. I'm not. This has done some of the dumbest stuff ever. Daily Beast had this piece originally. The same gallery owner who's been doing all of his stuff. What's his name? George Burgess. The new pieces are going from fifty five to 225000 the only reason that they're even selling that much is because his, of his name. That's it. That's the only reason that they're selling that much. And laundering. Yeah. It's money laundering. Yeah, you're right. It's mo- it is totally money laundering. So he, uh, it's the, the whole series is called The Haiku. And remember, five of his last original prints, his print sold for 75000 apiece. Federal agents are investigating his finances and tax stuff against him. So they said that the entries include vivid, disjointed landscapes and a Clint-like rendering. Uh, kaleidosco- it's a, it's the, the spirograph. It's what it is. 
And let's just listen to some of these. So Burgess is really selling it. He goes, they're elegant paintings and they're very complex in terms of their process. And each one has a haiku on the back. The collectors who came in last night were, were impressed. No, they weren't. And he added, this is the dealer. He added, I think the series is meditative and contemplative. Can we use any more aid of words? And I think it's reflective of how he is at the moment. There's this sense of becoming, this is some Kylie Jenner stuff right here. There's the sense of like becoming and contentment as he's getting into his own stride as an artist. And the main haiku series is on metal and they needed some on canvas. And the Burgess shared one of the haikus. Here's one of the haikus that he wrote. Ready? Atoms bloom in my chest. All the room is filled. It is full. I can see all the colors. Now, <clears throat> I wrote about this. The thing about haikus, if anyone who was ever in school, as they would understand, is that a haiku, they've got some pretty strict rules with a haiku. They have three lines. He at least got the three-line part right. Of course, he would be really good at lines. <laughs> and they follow the 575 rule of five syllables in the first and third lines and seven syllables in the second line. Biden does none of this. Nope. So do you want to hear one of mine? Yes. Because remember, the first line, it's supposed to be five syllables. Second line is seven syllables. And the third line is five syllables. Now, if you want to be even more of a stickler, it's supposed to be about seasons and nature. But we can get away with that a little bit. But I did keep to seasons in this first one. So here's one I wrote. And he can use this on the back of one of his little paintings, the spirograph paintings. Mine is white powder like snow. Covers the stripper's soft hills. Snort, let's go sledding. Uh huh. Give me one of yours, Kane. Kane wrote six. I wrote several because you're a haiku uh, master. I knew the assignment. Mm hmm. Um, he paints in the day, money laundering by night. Ooh. He's high on that crack. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I have another one. Uh, this is say Biden privilege gets those honeys and monies. You paid what for this? Give me another one. Uh, Hit me with camera in hand. He snorts coke off of hookers. His straw is his strength. Ooh, that's good because see, instead of snorting through the straw, he's painting with the straw. We had some others, uh, some some listeners shared, uh, like we had Carla who shared, the laptop from hell, censored by the media. Big guy saw to it. Someone else added, corruption abounds in my administration. Sit down and shut up. This one is actually funny. Oh, they're all funny, but I like this one. An infant appears. Oh, but for a little sniff, they cannot stop me. <laughs> then you have... Where the hell am I? Who are all these people? Who are all of these people? Teleprompter, read. And our friend Nick Searcy added, Pedo Pete gets 10% of what I earn while I smoke lots of crack. <laughs> haiku. The Hunter Haiku. I can't believe that that was... Now, in the days of yore... Oh, man, here's another one. Uh, David has one. Who he responded on uh, Substack. Chill of my crack pipe. Russian escort sweet caress. Warm chemical bliss. 
<laughs> Chemical Bliss is a good name for something. I don't know what it is yet. I can't. I this one. I don't know if I can read this one. Uh-oh. Yeah, this. Hold, hold up, Kane. Well, here. I mean, you might. Maybe you should read this one, so then I can have some plausible deniability and be like, I didn't do that. This is what one of the one of our listeners wrote. It's good. They're not really supposed to rhyme, but he like did it anyway. So bonus points. All right. High time with a hoe. Cover that A with some blow. 10% to Joe. That's good. I like that. Well done. You all understood the assignment. Well done. Well done indeed. We have more to come. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Man, some of these are so insane. So this... Florida man decides to set a police car, just decided he's going to set a police car on fire just, you know, because he just decided he wanted to do it. Uh, This man was charged with two counts of arson. It happened on Wednesday, Hernando County Sheriff's Office. They said Anthony Tarduno admitted to setting the patrol car on fire. He was just walking out of the bar, 4.30 p.m., Springville, Florida, and he saw a patrol vehicle and decided he'd like to set it on fire. So he got a bag of garbage from the dumpster, placed it under the patrol car, and lit the trash on fire. And, uh, yeah, well, it did exactly what you thought it would do. Now, he told the, when he was asked to explain his actions, he said that he was drunk at the time. And then he said that he, uh, after he set it on fire, he went back to the bar, but he returned to the crime scene to confess because he said he felt bad. And he said, I do stupid things when I'm drunk. I mean, it, he torched this car. He, and he placed it directly under the gas tank, too. He was cooperative, they said. And he said he was a professional arsonist who had been convicted of similar crimes. But he uh, said he didn't target the pr- patrol car. He said he was going to set any car in, in that location on fire. Oh, that makes it that makes it feel better. You know, that makes it all better. Florida man robs two stores wearing a police hat because he was bored. Uh, Nicholas Lamadrid, 45, is accused of robbing a bank and a Circle K gas station two days apart. Uh, He said he did so, and this was just a few days ago, uh, because he was bored. According to the tellers at the bank, he reportedly handed them a note with the words assault and money typed on it. (laughs) Golly, that seems kind of lazy. The teller believed that he had a gun on it, and he ran off after getting the cash. And then two days later, he did the same thing at a Circle K and it said, give me all the money in a pack of 305s, 100s, please. And then he robbed that store, too. So he was trying to imply that he was armed, but apparently he wasn't. So he has been, oh, boy, he's been arrested because they're bored. Bored. That's insane. Stay with us. we got third hour on the way. We, we aren't directing private social media companies on how to manage their content. These are decisions that they have to make uh, as appropriate. Now, look, we obviously uh, don't want to see, uh, you know, the public square uh, polluted with with hate speech and and disinformation. That uh, that that's not that's not a good uh, use of uh, uh, the information environment for the American people. Uh, but it's up to these social media companies to determine how they're going to manage uh, their content, how they are going to deliver that content uh, to their users. Well, then why don't you guys let them do that? Exactly. Yeah. Why won't... Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show. Top of the third hour. Dana Lash here with you. And um, this whole... Oh, no, they're not working with social media companies. I just... I don't believe you. Nobody believes you. Jinsaki was on the day of saying the exact opposite. 
saying the exact opposite of this. Not just her, but Corinne Jean-Pierre and others. So that's not true. Boy, and the left is apoplectic over all of this as more comes to light on exactly how many employees were involved in all of this with everything, with all the, the censorship. And it was censorship. I like what Musk said. Twitter's built a social media company in a crime scene. It's true. True, true, true. Mm-mm-mm. There you go. That is true. All right. So I wanted to get into, because we've been, we've been talking a lot about the free speech fight, but also I think the huge, everything that's happening at the border is incredibly important too. And then of course, the situation, let me pull this up. You have to bear with me. I've got a lot of, I have, I have a lot of stuff here. This situation with that Sam Brenton. And I, this, he's the guy who got a security clearance and became deputy, whatever, of uh, nuclear waste. There was a psychotherapist, according to the Daily Signal, who testified about uh, so-called conversion therapy. And apparently, he says he was warning, I guess, the administration about this guy who is facing charges of now stealing two, not one, but two separate pieces of luggage at two separate airports. Yeah, this is what we know of. His name's Dr. Joseph Nicolosi. And he's founder of the Reintegrative Therapy Association. And he apparently, uh, he said he and his colleagues had warned lawmakers in California and Massachusetts about groups that were sponsoring him because he changed his stories over and over again. They said that he has an ever-changing story about the so-called abuse that he suffered and that he was trying to he was trying to warn people about it because he was you know involved with nuclear waste it's crazy and that no one listened they said nobody listened he said nobody listened to him he said that he had a very this ever-changing story about abuse that he allegedly underwent in therapy uh, because of how he identified and he said that there were red flags that popped up for them but nobody cared and they said so his testimony about his alleged experience played a key role in banning legitimate practices across the country. And this, I just think it's, he apparently, he sounds like he has serious mental issues, but yet he was given a security clearance and all of this anyway, and put in this very high ranking position within the Biden administration so that they could say they had someone of all of his, you know, political identifiers in this high up position. And so this, I mean, it, this ever changing, he had an ever changing story. They didn't get into a lot of the details about it, but um, they had a very ever changing, he had an ever changing story about all of this. And the guy is, so far, they haven't really answered a lot of questions about him. The, not, the administration hasn't really said a whole lot. It's, I just find it troubling. How, he was at the position for how long? A couple of years? Yeah, I think, so. yeah, I think he, was in, he was in that position for a couple of years. Hmm. Now, that's just, and if you, and, and if you misidentified him on Twitter, you get banned. 
then now everything's changed, maybe. I was reading this piece about, um, there's so many things. The lockdown protests, there's, I, I think what we're kind of seeing now is the, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of suppression. Suppression of speech, suppression of, of conversation, any kind of conversation about any kind of policy. I'm just talking about legitimate discussion. I was reading a piece this morning about how, how really suppression on social media played into discussions on, you know, picks like this very guy, the Sam Brenton to these high positions, his elevation to these high positions, how any kind of discussion was suppressed on that COVID lockdown protests. There was potential. It looks like there was there was suppression on that. That's very, very, very China like. Just a, an absolute disaster. I don't know. Are we still shocked? I just, I don't, I'm, I don't want to fake like I'm shocked at any of this. Again, we've been living this for forever. I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and fake like, oh, wow, really? They suppressed us? Yeah, yeah, they suppressed us. I had 100,000 followers deleted overnight. I had to refollow the man that I married. I mean, I had to, you know, do all of this a million times. I, I, I watched as my follower count didn't change for three months. Like, solid. I didn't lose or gain anything. There would be weeks where I would have tweets that had zero interaction at all whatsoever. Like, not any, no like, no nothing. Nobody responded. I took screenshots of all of this stuff. Duh, yeah. I've been, we've been seeing this since before some of these other people hit the scene. This has been happening for so damn long. And this is, this has done so much more than this has been in effect since before 2016. And it makes me wonder what else it affected even since before 2016. I mean, I want 2012. I'm just curious. Like what all did it affect? Got a lot of questions. You can't, you couldn't ask questions then. And now everybody's like, oh, but Elon Musk, he's a right wing guy. He's not right wing. You're just a moron. He's not right wing. You have John Brennan arguing with him. John Brennan, who, I mean, you ha- it was, who was this? That, that, it was at the, Gar- there was a New York Times piece on The Guardian. He lied to the Senate, hacking Senate staffers' emails, trying to prosecute them. He lied about droning Americans because the Obama-Biden administration loved drones. He lied about peddling the steel dossier. He lied about spying on whistleblowers. He was one of the guys who signed his name to this dossier. He was one of the guys that was using his influence as former head of the CIA to peddle this thing. Oh, take it seriously because of who I am. Take it seriously because of the position that I held. He, he pushed this thing. He, you want to talk about spreading division as he was accusing Musk of doing simply because he said his pronouns were prosecute Fauci. John Brennan, his, his trade was division. John Brennan is the deep state. John Brennan is the reason why moms and dads don't don't want their kids serving in in any bureaucracy in the United States. John Brennan is the reason. I mean, good grief. John Brennan is the the reason why people put covers on their camera laptop, their their laptop cameras. John Brennan is the reason why Telegram exists. One of the reasons he's a deep state dude. I don't know. Follow la 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 and all that good stuff. Right. I don't feel very Christmassy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell or not, but I just don't. I just don't feel like it's, I feel like tribalism is at an all-time high. It's going to get exacerbated by, by 2024. 
it feels like the left, which I'm more concerned with than the right, is is it just is collapsing in on itself. But all anyone wants to do is keep rewriting the same stupid columns about Trump. I saw another one that some uh, some guy I don't really have any respect for wrote this piece about, oh, Trump and defeat, etc. I'm so tired of reading these people that write the same damn columns over and over again. And they want to and they act like it's something new. I'm tired of it. Look at everything that's happening on the left and we're sitting here doing this stuff or we're fighting. I don't care who's head of RNC. I don't I really don't even care. Speaker of the House at this point. Kevin McCarthy is not the worst choice people could have. Andy Biggs is not charismatic to run. Jim Jordan is not going to do it. I mean, for the love. I don't care about any of this stupid stuff. All it is is rearranging chairs on the Titanic. It's all it is. This is just inside power brokering. And you have all these wannabe pretend kingmakers. I'm done with it. In the meantime, you've got, you know, evidence all over the place that the left was suppressing speech and people are sitting here getting irate over, well, you know, back in uh, 2020 with Trump. Good heavens. So I'm looking at, uh, and you'll have to bear with me, because the latest is still coming out. The whole, uh, I mean, just seven minutes ago, some of the latest stuff dropped with the Twitter files, the fifth installment. Um, For instance, Twitter's former Twitter COO is apparently implicated when they were talking about uh, security and ripple effects of the Trump ban. And the former COO had said centralized content moderation has reached a breaking point now. And one employee said for the longest time, Twitter's stance was that we aren't the arbiter of truth, uh, which I respect. Apparently that's changed. Uh, They talked about medical misinformation. And again, you'll have to bear with me because this is all like literally right now. It's just being posted. And this is the fifth installment of the Twitter files. And they're saying that uh, Twitter announced Trump's permanent suspension due to the risk of further incitement of violence. All these screenshots of all of these employees who are celebrating this and all of the same employees that were pushing to have this done, including Yoel Roth. Hmm. And uh, for J.J. Gaddy, 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 however you say her name. Interesting. So. This was, it's it all so entirely political. We have more to come. We have Stephen Yates is going to be joining us. Let me give you a rundown of what's expected. Uh, we have the alleged bomb maker in the Lockerbie bombing set to face trial in the U.S. Japan's buying Tomahawk missiles in defense, in a defense buildup. And they've also joined our efforts to tighten uh, chip exports to China. Those are some of the things we're going to hit with him. Uh, we're also going to get into some of the economy and the Wu flu. Because I'm amazed at these headlines of people being denied treatments because of their status as to whether or not they're vaccinated. I just, it's, it's wow. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The suspected Lockerbie bomb maker is in U.S. custody. The Libyan man accused of playing a key role in the attack on that Pan Am flight 103. That was in 1988. Killed 270 people. Now it looks like they got him. The only person to be convicted is Abdul Basset al Megrahi. And so the guy accused of being the bomb maker behind it is now in custody, Abu Masood. He's being held on suspicion of playing a key role 34 years ago. It, it, it took, it was like an hour after takeoff from London happened over Lockerbie, Scotland. 
And uh, so he's in custody. That's going to be, that's interesting. Let's go to speedy trial. And then can we have a speedy penalty? I got ideas. Just, you know. The New York Police Department, they're suffering from mass resignations as officers are fleeing the Big Apple. The, the It's the highest rate of resignations in over 20 years. They said 1,225 officers have resigned from their posts through November before reaching even five years of service. It is the largest exit of officers from NYPD since 2002. And, they, and, and it's also different. I had a friend telling me the fact that it was done before five years of service, that is even more, that's even more different than just, you know, before two, since 2002. That's never heard of. So they said that the report indicates the total number who resigned through November is over 3,000. Over 3,000. And of course, last month's figures, crime is up about 25% when you look at November of 22 compared with November of 21. And then you compare it to November 2019, it's bad. So, and remember, Eric Adams has pushed back on NYPD since he took office. He told citizens to inform his office if they see police officers on cell phones, on subways, and and, uh, uh, telling officers to not talk to each other on the streets. So really great, uh, really great administration there. Really helping out with all of that. Uh, over the weather, a major storm is expected to bring feet, multiple feet of snow, heavy rain, and possible tornadoes. Well, great. They call it an atmospheric river event, bringing ample amounts of moisture to the west this weekend. It's going to move across the country, bring hazardous weather to millions. They said you could have potential blizzard conditions in the Midwest and in the south, tornadoes. Well, lovely. Christmas Nader. There you go. Follow la la la. Well, damn, there goes a the house. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. They said they could actually see snow top out at one to two feet in the Rockies. Well, it is the Rocky Mountains. Just saying. Do we want a white Christmas down here in Texas? Got to get your French toast supplies because the whole state will shut down. We have Steve Yates coming up next. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Every, you know, American I met in a prison who is from rural area was very easy to deal with. He has no problem with Russia, and he was curious about Russia, despite all propaganda. They're losing their Christian values. They're losing their families. They're losing literally their countries. It's not anymore the same country. We knew America, who used to be a model for entire world and lead and be an example, you know, like this. That's that Victor Boot, the uh, Russian arms dealer that we traded for uh, WNBA player. Say it with a straight face. And uh, that was an RT Russia Today interview. So I don't really take it seriously because it's from the Kremlin founded and funded entity. But man, what a propaganda piece right there. What a propaganda piece. And I'm watching people online, including some folks on the right. Stop it. They're like, he's right. Stop it. No, never, ever agree the commie. Never. That's like rule number one of USA. Actually, rule number one is baseball is the best sport. Second is Cardinals are God's team. And three is never agree with the commie. I mean, these are just like known truths. 
Our friend Steve Yates knows this. You guys know our friend Steve. He's been very, very busy as of late. Uh, he's in beautiful Florida right now, senior fellow at America First Policy Institute and chair of the China Policy Initi- Initiative. We've got, I got stuff to talk about on the Pacific side, but I got to ask you, Steve, kind of your general impression of everything that went down last week with the trade and that just, I mean, that's a masterful piece of propaganda that RT put out. And I keep seeing it retweeted all over, everywhere, all day today and yesterday. Well, I mean, it sure was hard to predict something like this would come of this. I mean, they I made it shocking, a right? pretty yeah. crummy deal. Uh, and, you know, I can't say I'm surprised by that, given that all their other dealings have been so great from the withdrawal from Afghanistan to now. It's pretty much a straight line of fumbles, I think, would be the most charitable way to put yeah. it. Do you think he's going to go back to arms? I mean, is that everyone keeps saying that, oh, this is such a big win for Putin because Putin really needs him right now. Really, though? I mean, do you think he's going to actually go? Is he going to go back to arms dealing? Is it going to be like when we traded the five Taliban dream team for that Bo Bergdahl and then they immediately went back to being terrorists? Will it be similar? I since I've never really gotten into the arms trade, I just want every every FBI agent listening right now to know that I've never gotten into the arms trade. I don't know how easy or hard. You're not it is looking to compete with the CIA. You're not looking yeah. to compete with them like he did. Yeah. He, yeah, it's just totally different. But this guy, I mean, this guy is evil. There's no question about it. He shouldn't be breathing. But uh, one thing you can't say is that he's unintelligent. He navigated very complicated situations exceedingly successfully for a long time. He's not dumb. He's still resident evil, but he's not dumb. He probably is going to be profitable, but uh, I wouldn't want to be around the guy. I mean, the guy, I mean, at this at this point, I don't know who would feel safe being around him. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the point. Russians problem for now. Uh, but I, I don't understand why he lived until now. I definitely don't understand why he was released. And that was one bonkers trade. I don't I just don't understand yeah. anything at all about it. And every stone that someone wanted to throw at former President Trump about all kinds of different things, there was a trade for this guy that was on offer and he said no. And now we kind of get why. So just chalk it up to another one of these things that team Biden thought was easy peasy and they just appeal to their base and the message, the narrative, the ideology, and that's okay. And the press secretary can have a personal moment of pride and all of that good stuff. Good for them, but this is a really dangerous, terrible, evil guy. And with that's all out the, there. yeah, and with all we're talking to Steve Yates, with all the people that were involved in this. So UAE was involved in the negotiations. Uh, the Saudis were so basically OPEC, OPEC plus, and this is all we got. Like, so we give them the equivalent of like a whole team of people, and we just get one WNBA player who doesn't even like our country. I still have not seen the public statement where she said, she said, thank you, USA. You can play the anthem every day for the rest of my life because I'm happy to breathe free air. That would have been a nice down payment on justifying this trade. But we don't even get that. No, we don't get that at all. All right, I want to switch gears and look at uh, what's happening with uh, in the Pacific, rather. So Japan is buying Tomahawk missiles in a defense buildup amid fears of war. Whenever people start 
you know, building up munitions. I'm immediately paying attention. And then apparently now, here, let me pull this up too. Uh, another piece on they're joining our efforts to tighten chip exports to China. So it's Japan, the Netherlands. They've been seeking to act in concert on these new rules, and it's going to affect uh, a bunch of chip making gear firms. So they're trying to tighten controls of all of this going to, I guess, Beijing, which, you know, I guess it's going to, I don't know how much, is that going to really do a lot to destabilize, though? their their technology ambitions as it's put out i mean because they kind of have a, a hold on this they have their own pathway on this do they not well china has a pathway but it is hindered if the world's most advanced countries will stop making them the primary platform on which they depend like 90 percent plus for their supply chains so the more diversified our supply chains are the more we protect the most advanced technology. So, I mean, there was this big announcement of a plant in Arizona. The president went, the the founding CEO to the current CEO of Taiwan Semiconductors was there. They're gonna develop, they're gonna manufacture the most advanced three nanometer, I can't even fathom how small that is, of a chip. That's the most advanced and that's the future. If we can keep the most advanced things in clean supply chains in the free world, we have options. If we allow collaboration with China on those supply chains and control of those supply chains, it's pretty obvious where that goes. Mm. It's just been a slow roll to get the rest of the world to sober up. That turns out the Communist Party, especially under Xi Jinping, is not a reliable partner. They're not interested in quality control. They're not interested in people. No, they're not at all. Speaking of uh, Beijing... Uh, Hong Kong publishing tycoon Jimmy Lai is now there. He's got a five year sentence. Uh, He was he's going to be jailed five years on a fraud charge, which we all know is is bunk. He got I actually I thought I I, five years. I still think all of this is too much. But I guess I just I didn't know what to anticipate what kind of what they were going to throw at him. What's your take on all of this? Well, this is a trumped up charge to use phrase, Uh, but it's meant to tar and feather his reputation as a setup for the national security law conviction that is all but baked into the process. So they're basically just trying to drag him through whatever might stink and stick for now. But this is, I mean, just so people know, the guy built a billion dollar enterprise. In the property where he was operating some of this enterprise, he allowed some of that space to be used for another enterprise. Oh my gosh, what a threat to humanity that must be. Let's basically throw him in the clink for five years. No one in the history of Hong Kong has even been prosecuted for this, much less sentenced to five years for this. So this is all commie show. But the worst part of it is it's not even the commies doing it. It's still the Hong Kongers doing it. This is why people in the United States and elsewhere need to fess up and wise up because this is the trick. They're not necessarily coming in with the Red Guard to invade. They undermine our institutions. They get us to do this to ourselves. That's the toxic part of the woke movement and everybody that's disrespecting American institutions and the free world institutions. That's what's happening in Hong Kong. Why Jimmy matters. I thank you for noticing it, remembering it. It's not really about him as much as a good person, a great, incredible entrepreneur he was, but he's the canary in the coal mine. He's the one that's a warning to the rest of us from the Catholic Church to independent courts, anti-corruption in the future versus China. Yeah, and I was reading, too, one other quick thing. Jack Ma hasn't been in China in how long? He's been hiding out, kind of not, they don't say hiding out, but he's been in Tokyo. He has not returned to China. He's been in Tokyo for 
uh, quite a while now. Do you think there's the possibility that they would look at him as well? Because it it almost doesn't even matter if you're lockstep with the CCP. If you have the, seems like if you have the potential, Jimmy Lai being independently wealthy, if you have the potential to challenge them and you have that wealth and that's you're considered a threat, does, do you think the same goes for him on a different scale? Yeah, I kind of get the impression that somewhere along the way he made the mistake of thinking he was great and what he built was his. Ooh. And the Communist Party let him know, nope, this is all ours. Uh, now, I don't shed crocodile tears for him because he yeah, played he a seems, long, He played, he played the Game of Thrones. He got, he got it all good. This is sort of like when I got COVID in the UAE and was in a five-star hotel. No one was crying that I was quarantined in a five-star hotel. So he's in Japan. He can't hang around in China and do what he used to do. But it's not like he's exactly suffering in a place without potable water and having to kill his own food and stuff like that. The guy's living okay. Yeah. He just can't go back to where he was because they made clear, you're not the boss. This isn't yours. Interesting. And Jimmy Lai stuck it out. He he didn't leave. Very interesting. Stephen Yates, you can all you can follow Steve at Yatescom, C-O-M-M-S on Twitter. I suggest you do. Always so good to talk with you, my friend. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you, Dan. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas New Year. to you. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Dorsey, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, I want to read a few quotes Flashback. about Twitter's practices, and I just want you to tell me if they're true or not. Mm. Uh, social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. Uh. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people, and they ought to stop it. Uh, are you censoring people? No. Uh. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. It's bad. Is that true? No. Uh, man, he got. Yeah, I mean that's that seems like he's not being honest in in that. Just saying, it seems like it's uh that was Jack Dorsey. Basically, I mean, he's perjuring himself. That's exactly what Twitter was doing. In fact, the fifth installment. Welcome back to the program. Has dropped four drop with Schellenberger. Weiss had the fifth that uh, posted just a little bit ago. It was a long series. I think 12 minutes might be the, 12 minutes ago might be the last, the last uh, update. But they said that Twitter staff was, because they were evaluating tweets, they basically made up this policy so that they could try to get uh, Trump snared. And then they they determined, oh, I guess you violated our policy that we just made up. It's the I hate Trump policy. Anyone whose last name is Trump and who owns a building in Manhattan and has blondish hair, you get to be banned. I mean, it's crazy. You just violated that rule. It's basically what it was. So tomorrow, because I'm going to need literally, or I don't know, maybe maybe I don't need that much time. Guys, uh, the New York Times, you know how they have a list of their most stylish people? I'm going to give you one guess as to who made their list of the 93 most stylish people of the year, Kane. I'm going to give you one guess. His name rhymes with Schmetterman. No. Dude. John Fetterman? Seriously? Dude. Yeah. And what is this category again? Uh, It is the most stylish people. Is that really? So looking like Gru? (laughs) 
is the uh, is the new style. I mean, skipping leg day, bro. I mean, go right ahead. Yeah, they. That just lets me know that I don't care to ever be on that list, or I don't care who's on the list. I mean, how do you put Queen Elizabeth on the list, England's queen, with uh, him? With his chicken legs, his shorts, and his hoodie. Why? How was he on there? That's not stylish. He dresses like a teenage boy dresses when you're trying to get them to go to a nice restaurant with the family, like the family's all in, you're trying to go to a nice restaurant and your kid comes downstairs in shorts and a hoodie and you're like, were you raised in a barn? You know, go get some, take your damn sneakers off, go get some long pants. We're for the love. We're going to a nice restaurant. Anybody, everyone with children is like, I know this. (sighs) So he, he made the list of most (laughs) people. And by the way, dress like a slob, and you're—I mean, this is 93 most stylish people. Like, what? Where that number 93 come from? It seems really arbitrary, doesn't it? They couldn't do 100. They couldn't do 90. They had to do 93. I mean, somebody goes, they over twitchy. They said if Ted Cruz dressed like this, they would call him a homeless porch goblin. (laughs) Oh, if you're watching, by the way, the simulcast of the radio show, I have a pinched nerve in my left shoulder, and it is so bad I can hardly move, and I'm—I'm just. I just hurt myself laughing my head off, but that's so right. A homeless porch goblin. <laughs> Hollywood. Like always with a hoodie. I mean, that's not stylish. That's sloppy. I mean, that's not what style is. I feel like we're, if that's what fashion thing, if this is a New York Times think style is, gosh, how far we've fallen, right? Oh, how far we have fallen. This is the bottom, right? Golly. So every teenage boy that wears, you know, goes out like that they're stylish just like him now did they number these because i see 93 in here but i'm not looking at any numbers according to the article like did fetterman come in at 12 i don't think it's ranked okay i mean i don't well i don't know i don't think it is but i just i don't know how you can have some of the people that you have on this list and not i just you know i don't know mark zuckerberg's avatar is on this list like are we serious and then they have just comical people. I don't know. I This whole thing is just such a joke. I hate everything. I hate fashion anymore. You know why? Because they're trying to bring back the uh, flare jeans. They make you look dumpy, ladies. Don't do it. All right. Today in Stupidity, Kane. Oh, it's Fauci. It's science. Science is... Science says that they were totally mm-hmm. transparent with us. Science. At the beginning of COVID. Listen to this. Another criticism is that you and other public health officials were not transparent enough at points along the way about what you knew and what you didn't know about COVID. That's nonsense. Oh, is it? (laughs) That is total nonsense. Is it? Is it total nonsense Mm -hmm. that you flip-flopped on your mask recommendations? Is it total nonsense that we now find out ivermectin is actually useful? In treating it's a COVID? great therapeutic. It is a great therapeutic. And so, so many doctors said this. I had four different doctors tell me this. Stupid science. Yeah, stupid science. Whatever. Folks, that does it for us today. I'll be on Jesse Waters' program, not moving, uh, at seven, no, 6 p.m. Central. So make sure you tune in and uh, sign up for the newsletter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube. I'll be back with you tomorrow.